It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to episode 30 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, a Mariners podcast, a Mariners fan podcast. This episode is our 30th. We're actually up here on location in Seattle. This episode was recorded at The Cabin in Richmond Beach, a really cool, neat bar up there. Um, If you're looking for it and you're taking a left and you're headed down this little neighborhood and going, there ain't no fucking bars around here. Wrong. It's there. It's there. It was really nice. Thank you for hosting us. We had a really good time. This episode was recorded uh, Wednesday night following the Mariners uh, series. We're just getting it out today. But guess what? You can sit back and you can relax and you can still revel in the fact that we just took out the Yankees. In fact, we took out the Yankees in two series in uh, a one-week span. So we're going to talk about that and what that means going forward. We're going to break down maybe what we think now is our lineup. And we also have here on this episode, up here in location, who came up for the Yankee series, my good friend, actor, comedian, Vladimir Perez. You might know Vladimir Perez from Murderville, Big in France, Modern Family, Check him out. Hit that IMDB and check him out. He's an awesome dude. This is kind of like his series arc ending for now for the regular season, probably. Uh, we've had him here for, you know, all-star game, home run derby stuff. Obviously, uh, some the Yankees, um, you know, anticipation of playing the Yankees. And, and obviously here for all the Yankees stuff. But you can check Vlad probably out here when we get into the postseason. He'll come back. And when the postseason comes around, uh, you know, I'm happy to announce Vlad and I will be starting a podcast that'll be on all the platforms and YouTube and YouTube. It's going to be a very visual show. It's called Hitting 420. You can fill in the blanks what it's about. That's right. Baseball. We're just going to keep that love for baseball going and just keep spreading out here. Um, And it all starts right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Again, thanks for liking, subscribing, and uh you know, just being good people, getting the word out. And look, if you ever thought about starting a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to do it. It's pretty easy. Go to the show notes, follow the link. There's lots of good information. There's also a $20 gift card in there for you if you sign up. Yeah, that's right. 20 bucks. We'll pay you 20 bucks to start a podcast. I think that's pretty good. Um, Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. Just sit back, relax, and you know what? Just sip a little bit more of this champagne of beating the Yankees, and feeling good. This is episode 30 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Well, first of all, Vlad, what do you think about uh, this uh, cabin that we're at here? It's a nice place. It's, And just to be clear, it's the bar is called The Cabin in Richmond Beach that Chris Copacino, 
a reliable man of, of rye bread and mustard uh, set this place uh, sent us here but we had a little bit of a scheduling mishap hey Chris thanks for setting it up I'm surprised you're not here but that's okay yeah I think tomorrow uh, all the drinks are on him right that sounds fair to me we're there then um, so let's just get right into it First of all, let's just say this right off the bat. The Mariners have once again taken us on this up and down roller coaster just to bring us right back to where we were when we started the second half. Nine games over 500. We just closed out a series win with the Yankees. The second series win in what, a week? So uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. We've been looking at this part of the schedule for a long time, especially when they're in the winning streak and, you know, digging themselves out of, you know, being 10 games under 500. We were like, wow, the, there's this couple week stretch with the Yankees and the Astros. And if we could just be around 500 going through this part of the schedule until we finished up with the Yankees, for the regular season, and we got exactly that. Yeah, did you know this is the first time in 20 years that the Mariners have won the season series versus New York all the way back to 2002? 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What? What? I wonder what. Uh, so what? I wonder what the Yankee fans are are thinking about that, Vlad. What? What's your uh, reaction to that? Uh, I mean. I'm sure it's not even really on our radar right now. We got <laughs> we got a lot of problems. Oh yeah, don't be so kind here on the rye bread mustard. Give give it to us. What did you What did you think about this series? What did you think about uh, uh, T-Mobile Park? Uh, I thought it was a good series. Uh, felt like a couple of playoff games. You know, I could I easily could have seen it being a playoff series where we come in. You know. Bronx Bombers the first game and then everything turns into pitching duels and you know loss in the 13th inning and then the uh, you know come from behind the answer back after uh, we get two home runs the series could have gone in a couple different directions it was one of those series you know extra innings and then also today the bats weren't going nasty nestor the former mariner was keeping the m's at bay you know only gave up that one hit to, for most of the game to sam Haggerty, and uh the mariners did their mariner magic and came back uh, like they've been doing, and another one-run victory for the Mariners to lead the league. Yeah, I mean, Vlad, you come up here, you get 19 innings right in your face of showing up of no scoring. I mean, this, this I could not, I would never in a million years think that was going to happen. And I'd, I want to know, do you think it's you guys, or do you think it's the Mariners pitching, or is it, is it, is it well, to, somewhere you, in the middle? I'll tell you one thing. Luis Castillo is a stud. And I think right now the Yankees are wondering if they should have just given everything for him because he's just such a clear-cut best pitcher available. I mean, look, you you guys had to – you have an ace, a new ace of staff. Yankees have seen Castillo three times now in the past month. Still can't touch him. Yeah, that that's nuts. He he pitched a jam against us with Cincinnati. You know, just kind of like, well, this is the guy we should be going after. 
So let's like you guys have something to definitely be excited about. Yeah, and you know how you said like, hey, when you make a trade, you know, you're not even gonna get, remember who the hell you you traded him for, anyways. And that's how I'm already starting to feel in two weeks. Two starts against the Yankees, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, who, who do? Okay, yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, and the Mariners don't usually get players of his caliber or the best player available at the deadline. And, you know, for him to deliver the way he did to come in and absolutely deliver on his home debut was impressive. It's like a fucking video game. You, you, you make a trade, you get this pitcher, this ace, and now you're just, boom, every fifth day. And then you're following that up with... Robbie Ray and Logan, and it's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a true number one, and it can slide the rest of our guys down a spot, and it helps us match up better with the other teams, especially with us not hitting as well. It's it's a big deal for us. Tony, you're hitting every fastball. Throw something else. Try a changeup. That's it. Cool. Winners play smart and eat smart, like this complete breakfast, including Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. There's a You'll show them you're a tiger. Show what you can do. Taste of Kellogg's Now, in special boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a great action mini poster of Nolan Ryan, Reggie Jackson, or me, Ken Griffey Jr. I'm the good looking one. All right, let's just get right into game three. This was kind of like the today's game was a lot of home runs. I think there was only one manufactured run, right? Yeah. Because there's a Haggerty solo. We'll get into the big home run in a minute, and then there—I believe there was a uh, a single that scored somebody from second base. But the first home run, this Sam Haggerty one that we're talking about, that broke up a fucking no hitter. So how? I mean, I didn't even realize that. I never talked about it. But this guy never said a word about it, probably because he was—it was really I was happening. Sitting there, me and I guess apparently my dad was too, because as soon as as soon as he hit it out, he texted me. Damn, I thought you were about to watch a no-hitter, and I was like, I was already... I mean, I know that's kind of soon, but right, the sixth inning is kind of like, okay, hey, where's this? No, you start getting alerts on your phone when that happens. Yeah. You know, seven innings is like, okay, this could really happen. But like, just like, can you get through six? Well, Nestor, the former Mariner, was he was on his game today. I mean, he had a little bit more giddy up in his fastball. You know, he's throwing a little harder than normal, changing his speeds with his curveball, his arm angle. I mean, he's he's had a great year at two something ERA. He's a good pitcher, all star. Yeah, I mean, the only knock against him is that he's never you know been there before. But it's like you know from. The point of last year till now, he's one of the has the best numbers that you know, pitchers can have. Oh, it showed. I mean, he had the Mariners off balance, like we said, a no hitter going through six. I mean, Sam Haggerty finally got him, but he was impressive. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, cracker boxes, you guys have four hundred one dead center. We're four hundred eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, the whole time. I was like, you know yes. what? I gotta bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Four oh one. I think that all of them would have went out at any any park today, including Carlos Santana, who had the big Mariners potentially game winning, pretty much game winning home run. It was the game winning home run. What am I talking about? Uh, no, but uh, Carlos Santana. We were both looking up at the board. And he's hitting below 
200, just like a lot of players that were in the lineup, you know, consistently for the Mariners. And I said, oh, he's he's only hitting 200, but I was like, about the only time he gets hits is when uh, the game is on the line. He's like a high leverage hitter. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! Yeah, we we were down there for the Haggerty home run. We're if you actually go and watch the thing, and you want to the game, and you want to if you want to go watch the game, and you want to slow it down as a pruder from it and as a pruder from it, uh, you know, and and look at it. You can see me in the white Julio jersey, Vlad in the in the Yankees uh, Judge away jersey, right there at the foul pole. When that one was coming, it looked like it was coming right to us. Like perfect, like, and then it started to move away, and we we're like, "Is it going to go foul?" And it shot off, and I think it went into Edgar's cantina. Oh, it's surprising that Hag- Haggerty hit it so hard. I mean, that could have left a dent off the foul pole. That was that ball was crushed. He hit all barrel on that. It was, yeah, it was fast, and it shot off. And if you've never sat, if we all have, but if you have never sat next to the foul pole and the ricochet, it is it. It's pretty fast and it's pretty intense. And I love the sound of when it just goes bam cuz you don't hear that on TV. You don't get that maybe if you're watching a broadcast on Fox at the in the postseason or the All-Star game where they have things mic'd up, but it's it's a it's a good loud noise. Yeah, cuz it really didn't hit the screen portion of the pole. It hit the actual pole itself, which is closer to being yep. foul, correct? Yep. How would you f- I always feel like that's just the most you're living on the razor's edge if you can hit the pole for a home run, right? Absolutely, because, I mean, if it hooks foul, you know the likely chances of you in that same at bat and getting another home run are very slim. I feel like it hurts, too, as a pitcher. Like, it's like just this much more. It's a fucking strike. The longest strike in baseball. And tell them the bone set you up. Robbie Ray pitched pretty good. I know he had five walks, but, uh, you know, 115 pitches. Uh, you know, he looked good 114 pitches through. <laughs> but that 150 that pitch. That pitch that he gave up was actually a really good pitch. Okay. He was really working that outside corner with a fastball. The only thing on that was he that fastball got a little bit more elevated instead of down in the zone away, and it was about knee high. And handed to that catcher, he was timing it, working it, and he got on it. I was actually surprised that ball got out. It really rode out of there quick. It was impressive. It was a great pitch and, and a better hit. Vlad had been waiting for 19 innings, and all the Yankee fans, I mean, just erupted. And it was like a different kind. It was like a... I know that we know that feeling as a Mariners fan watching, uh, you know, our team not score for more than nine frames all the time. So this feeling that you were having, I told you, I go, I know that feeling. We sometimes we see that. I saw that during the Minnesota series. Exactly. I I personally saw in person. What was my record? Twenty seven, twenty nine innings of 
scoreless. It's a scoreless bat. Yeah, I was going 29 after, innings. Yeah, I was going after like Oral Hershiser's record, you know? <laughs> like it was bad. So, but when this home run hit today, it was a big change of the tide. And he said, go get me a monster. So I said, all right, I'll go, I'll, I'll make the run because, you know, he finally got to see some fucking offense. And I'm standing there in line and I can hear the, I can't see. Aaron Judge hits the ball, but I can hear that crack, and I know that that sound, man. You know what I mean? It's a boom, just contact. And all of a sudden, you just hear a... You can kind of hear the crowd moving, scurrying around. All of a sudden, you just hear that bam right off the uh, out-of-town scoreboard. It was loud. I mean, that was a that was a tank of a shot. And at that point, you know... The Yankees have scored three unanswered runs. The beer stands are closing. The mood in the stadium has changed. And, like, we're always shocked when our bullpen gives up a, a, a big blast like that. Yeah, from the TV view where I was watching at home, I mean, Penn been great all year, but he just threw that slider that was trying to, you know, throw it at the player, but it just curved right into into his wheelhouse, and I, it was a no-doubter as far as I'm concerned. And, of course, we all know Santana got the big two-run smash. We win the game four to three. We win the series three games to two. But uh, Vlad's uh, DoorDash of uh, Dick's Drive-In just got here. So, Hannah, let's get into some Mariners-centric shit. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners tonight in the kingdom. This is something that's pretty interesting because people have a lot of theories about this. There will be no piggyback starter. Chris Flexing going to the bullpen. Marco Gonzalez and Kirby are going to remain in the rotation with uh, Castillo, Gilbert, Ray, and Kirby and Marco. And because people have a lot of theories about this, there will be no piggyback starter. Chris Flexing going to the bullpen. Marco Gonzalez and Kirby are going to remain in the rotation with uh, Castillo, Gilbert, Ray, and Kirby and Marco. And I think uh, my two cents on it is, did he deserve to go to the bullpen? Did he not pitch as well as those two? No, I personally think he's just the better fit for what you would want to do coming out of the bullpen as far as physically, as far as what he throws, and maybe mentally. Do you put Marco Gonzalez out there? Do you think he's going to take it the same way? Or do you feel like he would take it more like Felix did? And also with Marco being our, you know, they're, you know, quote unquote, one of the leaders in the being one of the leaders in the in the clubhouse. Do you think you need him in there as a starter? I just personally think Chris Flexen, I trust him more. And as far as Kirby, I like that they're just leaving him in the starting rotation and being like, hey, this is your job to keep. 
Yeah, and I mean, it sets up, too. They can switch him back to a starter's role easily if they want to, you know, curtail the innings of the youngsters because they're getting up there. They could slide him in. There's a lot of options, and as far as you talking about Marco, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a fit where you can bounce him back and forth, and he's that type of guy where it might hurt him and he might not succeed as well in that bullpen matchup i mean he's a he's a type of pitcher obviously that tries to find his spots you know and he doesn't throw very hard not a typical bullpen guy like we have i mean guys throw heat that come out of the bullpen marco doesn't and like with our young guys or any of the pitchers if they start out and have a clunker he's the perfect guy to come in there in long relief and give you some innings till you can chip away and get back in the game and i also feel like we've made a statement of hey if we get to the playoffs right now ray is your shoe in uh castillo is your shoe in holding on to that third spot is probably logan gilbert and you know now i feel it's if, if we were making the playoffs in the three game series i think now it's logan gilbert in the lead kirby then marco for your third starter i think that would be the order yeah i mean Obviously, Logan hasn't pitched well his last few starts. You know, he played good teams. He's faced the Yankees twice. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go against the Yankees in back-to-back starts. They've seen him a lot. He's and he pitched against Houston. Exactly. But the thing is, these are the caliber of teams that you're going to have to beat in no the playoffs. Doubt. And I agree with that. And he's got to. But seeing them so often, that obviously has an effect on it. But in truth and honesty... He hasn't been able to locate his fastball, and that's all he's had. And the Yankees will destroy that if that's all you got. Yes, he left the fastball over the plate. He was hitting the hitting the numbers, right? But he was just he left it over the plate on 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 Monday night, and uh, you know you were having a good time when that was going on. What did you see in that uh, with Logan's start in Game One, Vlad, from a Yankee uh, standpoint? Well, I thought the Yankees had just seen him, and he pitched great against them last week. Until that last inning before he got taken out. Yeah, and I felt like uh, I f- like I felt like that was going to happen, but that's the difference between him and Castillo right now, I guess, because it's like you could say the same thing, but I just think with Gilbert, the way he pitched against them last time, they took him the whole game to. Figure figure them out, and then they just continued little. on into the next yeah. game. Then yeah, whereas they never figured Castillo out in the, this whole month. Yeah, I mean that shows you right there, like you said, how dominant and how special Castillo is to have to face the Yankees like he did and not miss a beat. Where a youngster like Gilbert in his second year hasn't gone a full year and throwing, he's still trying to figure it out. But I mean, he's he's good, but he's had a rough go these last few starts. Yeah, on the Yankees uh, network, they were saying that he's one of the best young pitchers in the game. And I, uh, I, oh, sorry, I think we brought this up last time. Anyways, that he's the longest. Oh yeah, he's he's the longest to home plate. Yeah, closest to home plate. Yeah, with yeah. how tall he is. Yes, closest, longest, the de- longest delivery, closest to home plate. Yes. <laughs> he's the hungest. The hungest? Who said that, B? The hungest of home plate. <laughs> <He's> uh, <laughs> did I say hungest? No, no, no. Uh, okay. Do you know it all, do you? With Kelly, Saxon, Mattingly, the Bombers have got all bases covered. 
Catch the Yankees versus the Mariners. Tuesday night at 7.30 on Channel 11. Well, let's get into the fun stuff. The series was really decided with this 13-inning game. I mean, seeing 13 innings of us not scoring was, you know, kind of the norm. But also the impressive outing with Castillo and also Cole. I mean, that we were watching and whoever else came in on both teams. Like Hanson said to us, game, game two, that was elite pitching from both sides all the way through. Set the tone. Set the tone for the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of people don't like the lack of offense in a game, but it was a special game. I mean, both guys were on their game, both New York and Seattle, their starters, and Cole and Castillo. And then the bullpens came in. Both of them just came in and did their thing and continued it. And, I mean, that game had so much gas. It was... It was, I mean, it was elite pitching from both teams until finally one guy cracked and we, you know, got that win. You know what really uh, cements those type of games to make them all so fun, though? Uh, like a one nothing 13 in the game? In the extra innings, even with the stupid uh, ghost runner? Rule, yeah. There were still multiple guys on base pretty much all those innings. The Yankees were running themselves out of innings. Uh, but, you like, you know, there would be a bases loaded. Two men, there was constantly two or three guys on. At every Oh, exactly. There were spectacular defensive plays and individual plays with a lot of action when guys on base to make that a classic of a game. Yeah, and do you want to know what else is we've talked, you know, we've talked so much shit. We've talked so much shit about the extra inning and the ghost runner, you know, and you hate it, Vlad. Me and you don't like it. But the game, game two was played with how, you know, when you thought about how exciting the games could be, you you think about you score a run, then we come back and score a run. The next inning you get two runs, but we could possibly get two runs. But this was an excellent. I mean, you're not. I don't know if you're going to see this where there was no runs going into the that any in history has has this happened with the go, in the ghost running. Well, I heard it. That was the uh, longest game in in history since the uh, this rule came into effect um, in 2019. So. Yeah, 13 innings without having a run scored, it doesn't usually happen. Yeah, it was just tense situation after every time we would score, not score, you're like, fuck, we just blew it. Then they would blow it, then we would blow it. Nobody seemed to want to win this game. There was some great defense, but there was a lot of fucking weird shit that happened. Of course, the I'm not just talking about the behind the back. You know, stab by you know Brash that turned into a double play. We had the line out that turned into a double play, but the base running in uh, what was that the eleventh or the twelfth? Yeah, uh, when Seawald picked him off. Yeah, Vlad had a, has a lot of opinions on this. Well, it's just the Yankees have been running themselves out of innings lately, uh, and uh, Boone even mentioned it. Like we just did it in St. Louis in a big moment late. You know, in a series, in, in a series, we ended up losing. So, uh, you know, that's one thing I will say. I don't think the Yankees played well. I mean, they played as good as they've been playing lately, which is, you know, 
when you're dicking around, giving games away on the base pass. You know, you, th- you throw all those pitching uh, performances in the trash. Yeah, they ran themselves out of two innings, and they had two innings there in that overtime, or in the extra innings, where the Yankees only had two batters up to the plate because of doubled off or picked off players. And you and you were saying, Vlad, that you definitely don't want to make a stupid base running mistake like like that when Judge is on deck, right? Well, I, I thought that was. Or was he on, up to at plate? Was he at the he plate? Was, they, there was one out. And he was on deck, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and it was basically they they left it so that judge would be up uh, leading off the next inning, and they took the bat right out of his hands. You know, and they had already been playing multiple innings with runners on base, anyways. The ghost runners there, so it doesn't matter. You definitely could just put somebody on first. And it was just like instead of a judge coming to the coming to bat, it changed everything. Oh yeah, I mean an MVP candidate who I think is the MVP, even Otani is having a good year. Judge has been phenomenal and is probably the MVP. And you gotta get him up to the plate in extra innings, especially with how locked in he's been all year, and it's specifically in this series. Yeah, and how, why this series is big. For the Mariners, I know they didn't have Stanton. Uh, they have some injuries. Uh, you know, they lost Carpenter on Monday night, which sucks. Uh, he seems very beloved by them. There's a lot of Carpenter signs at the in the stadium. Uh, the, and uh, but the Mariners also did not have Julio Rodriguez. And there were situations where I was like, boy, I really miss Julio right here, especially in that uh, 13 inning game. But it seems like we have now kind of solidified what our four-man outfield rotation plus Frazier is going to look like. And that looks like it's going to be Hanager, Julio, Haggerty. Hanager, Julio, Haggerty. Sounds pretty nice. A lot of like H pronunciations right there. And I think right now, Jesse Winkers, your Pretty much still playing every day, but also definitely, you know, might sit out some, might DH some. And uh, that just seems like those are your main four right now. I think Haggerty's won the job. We've talked about it. Um, uh, the Ninja says Haggerty is the best switch hitting baseball player in the outfield in baseball right now. Uh, I got to look through some numbers, but he's definitely, it feels like we've acquired. A totally different person. Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to the guy, you know. He has played his way into the lineup and forces the Mariners to put him into the lineup every day. So, I mean, he's done what he's done with his opportunity and made the most of it. Vlad, you were uh, you were annoyed by Haggerty, and I we said he was a pest, but you said you were most annoyed by his walk-up music. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's the Godfather, but it just really t- feel like it takes the air out of the building. Yeah, I heard it actually today. The reason because of it, or the reason he has that for his walk-up song is because it's a dedication to his mom, right? who is, um, I guess, lives in Michigan, big family, Italian family, and that's and, a dedication to her and the Italian family. Right. Hey, whatever fucking's working for him, just leave it. 
Yeah, he's hitting way over three hundred. Yeah, him and him and him and Frazier are a nice little uh, little duo there of the guys that don't necessarily have the pop, but once in a while they they surprise you. Their 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 averages are up. They you know, Frazier's still hitting really good in the last you know five weeks. He's still looking good. He's starting to be a little bit more aggressive out there on the base path. Also, I'm seeing he has a bit to me. It looks like he has more of a spring to his step out there in the field. Yeah, I mean, guys are going to go up and down, but those two definitely look like they've kind of carried the team here recently. I mean, there's some guys that are definitely slumping. We all know who they are, but those two have have helped solidify the lineup the best they could with Julio out and guys slumping. Yeah, and as soon as we get Julio back, I think we all know this, but this is the team that we think we're going to be, you know, riding to the finish line with. Let me ask you this. With Julio playing, what's the lineup? So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? (laughs) Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? Yeah, just since I missed Julio now for two series, uh, and somebody who now is like looking at you guys, like, oh, right, you guys have some timely hitters, and you know, show, showed me you know what your team is because I really haven't seen it, you know. So with Julio in the lineup, what does that look like? Oh, I think, Myron, don't you put Julio back in the one spot? Yeah, I, I suppose I I would put him back in the one spot. Um, I also could see you having Hanniger back there because he was successful there last year too. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see that because of the ankle. Uh, Adam Frazier a, a hitter to bat, bat lead off, but so is Julio. But and Adam Frazier's been pretty damn good up there. I. Really prefer to see Adam Frazier at nine, eight, or nine. Maybe a mix up with uh, him and, and Haggerty or yeah, him and Hul- so. Let's just Julio. say Julio would be number one. Um, you know, right now I'd I'd still keep Ty France at number two, but he's quietly, quietly uh, simmered simmered down. Um, his average has dipped below three hundred. I know nobody cares about the three hundred mark anymore, but. He's he's gotten a little bit quiet, but I think he's going to turn it back around. I think he's going to go on a run. Real fans care about three hundred. <laughs> yeah, I do. Real fans care about three hundred. I do. I I really do. I'm a big batting average person. I really, you know, that the average of you hitting the ball, getting in play, and getting on base that way it increases everything that you're doing, especially if you can add power to it. It's pretty fucking basics. Most in in the major leagues on one team that have a 300 average in their lineup. Mm-hmm. It's just non-existent. So we're putting Ty France up there second, okay? And uh, batting third, I would probably I would just put Hanniger in there at three. At four, I, I, I guess Suarez would be your number four. Uh, if, if Santana's in the game, he would be uh, also my... Uh, Number four, he'd also would be my DH. 
Uh, also, Winker could be my DH. So I think whoever is the DH at four, Swerves at five, Cal Raleigh, solid six. I mean, is there a catcher out there hitting better than this guy right now? I don't think so. He is. He's he's good. He's he, he's really turned it on. He's good. I would I wouldn't be surprised to see him and and here next year in the All Star game at catcher. I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, but you know who else hit like this last year? Our catcher Luis Jerez. But I mean, Cal is just a more well rounded guy, and this is what we were expecting out of him at some point. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so now we're getting into seven, eight, nine, which has just, you know, historically here in the recent future, just been like the ugliest looking thing on a Mariners lineup, right? It's it's below two hundred, not much power, low OPS. The, the the you know, there's there's been nothing. But now we're talking. Who do we got left here? I'm saying you got to probably put at seven, JP Crawford. Yeah. And then Frazier and then Haggerty to get on to bring it back to Julio. That's yeah, what I would say. And we obviously didn't mention too much about Winker. Like we've said, we think probably right now, if you were, you asked us, right, who who would it be? I mean, right now, I'm. I got to start Haggerty until he shows me that he he isn't the guy. I mean, Winker's had. 100 plus games to show us this. I know Haggerty had doesn't have anywhere near the at bats, but it's what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about defense, Haggerty's better than Winker. Um, Winker's had, like you said, a lot of games to prove it. So, you know, Winker would be the guy to DH, I would say, and have Haggerty play left. You don't have a more defensive team with Haggerty, right. Julio, and Haniger. What 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 I think I'd be okay with seeing too is starting Winker. And if we were in a playoff game, you start Winker, and then you if the game's close, you got to go to Haggerty for the defense for the defense, and also to get somebody on the base pass that can just fly. I mean, besides that, he's hitting over three hundred. He hits from both sides of the plate. This guy can run. He's aggressive. I know he's blown through some signs, you know, and, and I, but you know, the guys that blow through the signs, if you're a fast guy, you blow through a sign. I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with the guys that are like mediocre to decent runners blowing signs, going through signs. So. I'm only okay with it if they don't get thrown out. If <laughs> okay. they get thrown out, then I'm irate. That's where you're chewing ass. Yeah. You're chewing ass. Yeah. You're, you're, don't you're, you blow through the signs. Fines. You're fucking, you, Better be 100%. Yeah. You know what I do for for a uh, punishment if you ran through a sign or did something stupid? I know some coaches fine people. Uh, some you get pulled out of the game. I just make them look at what Twitter is saying about them. I just be like, here, here, fucking look. If you run through a sign or you get picked off or you do something that's just so stupid and selfish out there, I'm not pulling you. Read I'm not doing comments. this. I'm making you read the fucking Mariners uh, Real Fans group. We've got guys from all over the world on our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey, gooey duck. duck. I took my gooey duck to... I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners.
You gotta love these guys. Just sure do betcha. Feel so good about going. Now we know what our lineup is. Now you can start going like, whoa, look at our bench is a little bit leaner and meaner. And on our bench, we got, of course, Dylan Moore. He's going to play every position. And anything you get out of him offensively is great, is a bonus. But he's a good base runner and a great defender. And then we have this spot with, what, Lamb? Slash, we'll see if Kelnick or Lewis can come back up. Uh, Lewis, sadly, it just doesn't look good because we need in these positions off our bench. Traded for during the trade deadline, uh, Kirk Casale from the from the Giants. He's was injured and just rehabbing right now and playing with the Rainiers. So, yeah, he's a veteran catcher that's good defensively, not so much a hitter. but And I think at this point, that catcher deserves a shot to, uh, you know, show the team and the organization that, hey, this was a good move to bring me up. So I expect probably a Terence, uh, you know, I don't know if he's DFA'd or he goes back to the minors, but uh, I definitely see that coming. So you have those. You have Dylan Moore. You have the backup catcher, and then yeah, you're either going to have a Winker, a Haggerty, or a Santana to pull from, and and, lamb, yeah. and then the Lamb position. So I think that's right now the. I mean, not think. I mean, it's 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 obvious that this is the deepest the lineup is. It has been in a long time. It's just very interesting that it does not include a Kelnick or a Lewis because that's not what we were thinking in spring training. Yeah, we definitely have not had our full lineup. Now we do with Hanniger back. I mean, he's a huge part. He's probably our most consistent hitter along with France. But he looked, he looks like his timing's down. He looks like he can recognize the pitch and make a good swing on it. He looks like a true pro out there. And then, yeah, we thought Lewis would be part of this, but he struggled. We thought Kelnick, you know, would be part of it. He's obviously struggled. Not only part of it, these were some pillars to what was going on. Like, we were told, hey, he looks great coming off of his injury. And Kelnick has figured it all out. And they're not up here and, you know... We're not going to turn back and look at that and be like, that's why we didn't make the playoffs. And that's because of the other moves we've went out and made and the progression that some of these players have made. Yeah, it's it's win time and put the best lineup out there with a guy that's the most successful at this point and gives you the best chance to win. I'm sorry, but bat in one twenty. What was what's his average? One twenty seven to start the day, Kelnick. That's not prof- That's not major league material. Oh no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, he struggled mightily. Uh, he's at times looked like he's starting to figure it out, but he hasn't so much now. I mean, he's just not ready. I I I hate saying this because I don't want to say it, but like maybe. In both of these guys' cases, you know, you might not even see them in a, a, a Mariners uniform next year, and I don't think either of them would give a shit. I think anything probably to to get them over what's going on right now as a player, mentally, physically, just a fresh start somewhere else wouldn't be such a bad thing. Do I want to see that happen? No, but I'm also on this this 
this wagon of going, you know, Kelnick's not going to be that superstar unless I'm proven wrong. He's not going to be that superstar. I don't think there's the pressure now as an organization, as a fan to go like, God, we got to get Kelnick going because I think we got some dogs out there in the outfield. We got some future out there in the outfield. You know, let's just hope Haggerty can keep doing what he's doing. And then, you know, we also have, we didn't even mention what's going to happen when Tremel is is healthy. Maybe he takes Lamb's spot. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options, which is good. The Mariners didn't have all these options a few weeks ago with acquiring guys, guys coming back from injury. Um, so it's not the most depth, I would say. But it's a lot better than it was. Yeah, and again, I don't think Jake Lamb is the answer either. I, I and that's not just because I'm a Ballard High School. I'm not. Ba- I'm a Ballard Beaver, and you know he went to Blanchette, our our you know beloved rivals, our non beloved rivals uh, from at least when we were going to high school um, back in the ancient days. But uh, I like. There's no big commitment to him. Sure, you you picked him up in the trade. You know, you picked him up before the deadline, but not a big commitment. But also, Lewis or Kelnick's got to outplay the guy. Hey, Richie, there's a couple guys here to see you. Hey, what can I do for you guys? Your name's Zisk. Yeah, that's right. Who are you guys? We're uh, from Chicago. Yeah, I noticed your uh, white socks. So, what do you want? We understand you're pretty good with a bat. Yeah, I uh, do okay. How about maybe tonight you strike out a few times? You know, maybe uh, pop up. What do you say? I'm sorry, gentlemen. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm a mariner. I think we need the Yankees to take care of the Torontos. Taking care of Toronto, taking care of Baltimore, and taking care of Tampa Bay. We're too busy facing our own adversity right now. Right, you guys coming out of the All Star break are three games under five hundred, right? Uh, I don't know exactly, but I do know that we've lost three series in a row. Well, you guys are set. You guys are one and seven in your last eight because you had a five game losing streak coming into town, which scared the shit out of me and Hannah. Going, oh no, you don't want to wake a sleeping giant, <laughs> and you know, and we got we got fortunate to win. Uh, you know the the last two games, but it could have easily been a sweep for you guys. I don't think you guys have much to worry about. I just I I would like to see you guys turn it on your own division. I we really need help with Toronto. We don't want to we don't want to be behind Toronto and have to go play a series up there where we can't take our full team over there. I think we've handled our business in the division for sure already. And you have a lot of division games left, right, going down the stretch. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like if the Mariners can play 500 to a little bit better than 500, they'll be sitting pretty. If they can play like five games over 500 the rest of the way, I think we're probably looking at a number one uh, seed. What do you think about that, Hanno? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I want to have the number one seed for the wild card, which would be the fourth seed overall. You know, we're fighting six teams. We're fighting Tampa. Um, Baltimore, Toronto, and the East. So they're going to be fighting and playing against each other, so they'll be winning and losing against each other. And then in the Central, we have Minnesota, Chicago, and 
the Guardians, who will all be fighting with each other, and one of those will actually win the division. So if we just play our game, win the games that we sh- should, have some help from them playing each other and beating each other, we should get there. But the goal is to get the higher seed. But, you know, so we get that home playoff game. But if we don't, there's three spots for those five teams that we're fighting with. Yeah, one and- is going to win the the central and i think that guardian series is a huge series as the one of the series the home series here is the ichiro hall uh, mariners hall of fame introduction week let's just hope that's a good that's a four game series and then i think we have a three game series in cleveland and we have chicago coming here for three not playing in the fucking snow and in the cold and in the wind playing here at t-mobile park i like the look of that i know we have a tough series against uh the padres but that's short and which is going to be star studded, um, yeah, but for the most close look at Soto, yeah, 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 we will. And but for the most part, we are playing a lot of sub five hundred teams. We play a lot of the Oakland A's. We play a lot of the Anaheim Angels. We still have the Detroit Tigers. We still have the Kansas City Royals. But some of these teams were spoilers last year. So what I'm really looking forward to this year. Is the you the Yankees taking care of business for us? Because if you guys turn it back on, it helps us. So I'm actually becoming a Yankees fan for the rest of the season. I'm calling it right here for the rest of the regular season. Where do I get a jersey? Where do I get a Tino Martinez jersey? Let me ask you guys this: How do you guys feel right now, as opposed to? A week ago, or two weeks ago, let's say, for that one-game playoff with Castillo putting your season on the line, you guys get a one play like the wild card. You get a one playoff, right? No, you get three games, no All matter what. Them? Yeah, even the oh, final. Okay. Here's how the here's how here's how, and this is for a lot of people out there. I think a lot of people don't understand this, especially you. You're like, what? Fuck a wild card. You're, you know, you went in the division. You're looking for the World Series. Here's how the wild card breaks down guys there's three wild card spots and american league has three the national league has three the number one spot hosts a best two out of three series at home the number two team goes to the number one wild card they don't have any home games they got to win two on the road now the number three what do they do they play the division winner with the lowest record which was going to come out of the central so basically the three seeds going to play the central in the central and then and then two is going to play one but here's the dilemma why we need you guys to be this here's the dilemma we need you to take care of the blue jays because if we play the blue jays and they're the number one seed and we're the number two seed we go to toronto and you know, if we have guys that can't, you know, physically play in, Tor- in Toronto, you're kind of screwed. And I feel like they've had a few wins because of this. You had a, what? St. Louis couldn't take Goldschmidt and who's the other guy on both? Arenado. Arenado. And then when Kansas Can- City didn't have 10 players, 10 players could not come. That's what she said. And our player that's unvaxxed and missed the series earlier in the year was Robbie Ray. I mean, maybe he'll change his mind. I know Ben Attendee changed his mind with you guys. I heard Whit Merrifield that actually got traded to um, the Blue Jays. He 
Um, was he going to be like Kyrie Irving and only play road games in a certain spot? Yeah, he changed his mind. So who knows? I mean, it's just a weird deal. So you guys think you'll take care of business for us? You can, can you please do it? What do you think? I don't know, man. We got we got problems. Running ourselves out of innings, we get dropping like flies. Yeah, and you you want to know something else? I like when we're talking Yankees. We've we've done almost an hour here. We're about running out of time here. We've not brought up the Houston Astros. We're not going to. We're just gonna like we know they're there. Basically, we know like those bastards said are there. Last episode. There's two months left to go in the season. We just got to keep playing good ball and win and win our way in and not worry about everybody else. But hope to have help from other teams to make it so we have a better chance. But we still got to win. We still got to win. I'd love that. I'd take any of these spots. Don't get me wrong. But it would be sweet to host a a three-game series here. You don't have to be a financial wizard to know how unpredictable the economy is. No matter how good a worker you are, outside forces could suddenly affect your job. That's why you should always have three months' salary in the bank. Charlie, could I uh, see you in my office for a minute? Sure. And why Rainier Bank has so many savings plans that can help you do just that. To save for tomorrow, put your money in the mountain today. So I just want to say that even though I witnessed the Yankees go 19 scoreless innings, Paid to come here to watch them lose two games. I did see two good pitching duels get playoff atmosphere type baseball, and I did get to see a piece of history number forty five home run from Judge. Yeah, I mean that was that that's a good good time at the ball yard for a Yankee fan, and for us it was awesome too. We got to see Judge do his thing get his stats but we won the series so it's a big deal uh, and it, as far as the crowd yeah i've never seen a wednesday matinee game that full at t-mobile yeah i had another pair of tickets and i just put them online last night for you know i would say lower than what everybody else was selling them for and i was like god this is you know i, I you know i got a little competitive with it. i put it up there got a little little bit close pulled up closer to the pack but i was like this is insane. This is going down. And when I woke up in the morning, it was just like Christmas morning. I had an email and it was like, your tickets have been sold. And I was like, holy shit, I guess today is going to be free. At first, we were both like, it's not really sold out. What are they talking about? And then about the fourth inning, the entire place was packed. You know what I do got to say? Shout out to the annoying fans who show up in the fourth inning. It's parking. It's parking down here. Is it's it? really parking. No, yeah. You, uh, the, and the reason why I say this because it's just always so annoying to have a few innings settle in when you're like, oh, the person next to me is not coming, and you're like, yep. Oh wow! By the like the top of the fourth inning, I'm like leaving a mess in yeah. their seat, and like I came back from uh, you doing your laundry, sna- another snack run, yep. and I see, oh, I'm like, oh. These guys showed up now? Yeah, he's got his shoes off, his hat off. He's got a book sitting over there. You know, he's plugging in his computer. You know, <laughs> he's just, he's living in this spot, like, to claim this area. And then people are like, oh, I think we're three and four. Two cup holders. Yeah. Vlad, I know it, it's time to go. We're running out of time. It's time to go get some Dick's Cheeseburgers. 
uh, Taco Time is closed at, at this time, but uh, also want to thank the cabin here in Richmond Beach. This is a cool little bar. If you're looking for it ever and you think you turned down the wrong street because you went into a neighborhood, no, you did it. Just keep on going down. Really awesome. They got a patio. They got a great jukebox. They got a foos table. They got huge, huge. Uh, they got some really big screens in here. I mean, they really touch off the place. They got a cool piano. They got some really awesome uh, art. They have stuff from like turn of the century in the 1900s here. It overlooks the water. It is just awesome. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, this is episode 30. You can now see us on VH1 Classics. Congratulations. Yeah. On 30. On 30. Hopefully uh, you guys will see me again in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Special edition. And uh, also be on the lookout in the postseason. We'll still have rye bread and mustard because we know the Mariners are going to be there. But me and Vlad are going to be having another podcast. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be a different visual. It's called Hitting 420. Check that out. Also, you'll see uh, Hannah over on there, too. Uh, this is our... Uh, well, I'm going to wrap it up. And again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and following. It really helps us out. Uh, go ahead and give us a review. Listen, we like five tool baseball players. But you know what we like more? Five-star reviews. So if you think we are like a five-star... Uh, fi- if you think we are like a five-tool player, like an Aaron Judge, a, uh, a Julio Rodriguez... Uh, or, or Juan Soto, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, stamp us with that five-star review. We're out of here. This is episode 30 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Hanno, you know what time it is. Charge. All right, we got to close this tab and get the hell out of here. Yeah, put that stuff away.